Good morning, everybody. It's uh, bright and early up here in Canada, and we're taping this episode. I believe it's episode number four. No, sorry, episode number three of the Weight Loss Surgery Support for Life podcast. And there is a couple of things that we're going to cover today. Three main items we're going to be looking at today with regard to your weight loss journey. Uh, what you directly control, what you indirectly control, and what is actually outside your control when it comes to you, you know, your obesity, your eating, and those type of things. A lot of us feel, or a lot of people feel like there's a lot of things outside of their control when it comes to their uh, personal weight loss journey due to a whole variety of, of reasons. They feel that there were a lot of things outside of their control. And you'll find out that uh, most things are within our control. You know, nobody, um, in essence, did this to, the, to us. We did this to ourselves. So now we're going to go over those things that we have to take personal responsibility for. So the very first thing is, what is in our control? At the end of the day, you control what you eat, right? The very high level is calories in versus calories out is the basic equation to how you gain or lose weight. If you eat more than you can, uh, if you if you consume more calories than you burn, you're going to gain weight. If you burn more calories than you consume, you'll lose weight. Now that being said, we all know there's a very large difference in calor in calories. Um, if you look at the food pyramid that the government issues. You know, it's really weak in the fact that it doesn't talk about, you know, what calories are coming from good food or good carbohydrates uh, versus uh, bad. Um, you know, the amount of fats, the amount of sugars, the amount of sugar. Well, I'm just going to call it the amount, the amount of sugar that comes in a variety of different names. We're not talking about substitutes here, but we're talking about, um, you know, the the probably about 40 different names that sugars hidden in foods. We can talk about uh, health check systems, or we can talk about what they consider to be healthy or fat-free foods. A lot of those aren't healthy for us. They're not the right things to eat for us, even before we had weight loss surgery, uh, regardless of after we've had weight loss surgery. So we need to take that personal responsibility, that ownership of the food that we're eating, that we're consuming, you know, and... Again, as I pointed out in a prior, uh, we've pointed out in a prior show, we need to make sure that we're looking at the food pyramid for bariatrics. You can get one off of my website; it's a free download. You can download it to your computer and and utilize it. And uh, you you also need to be responsible for what you're doing, you know, for what you're eating, what you're consuming. Those are things you directly control. What you decide to have in your cupboards, in your kitchens, in your pantries, that's all up to you. Right? Nobody's making you buy things that you shouldn't have. Nobody's making you buy foods that are unhealthy um, just because they taste good. Another thing that's in our direct control is consumption of water versus other beverages, versus especially coffee, uh, soda, uh, whether it be diet or regular soda. Regular soda has that high sugar content, you know, and you're just drinking a ton of calories. And there's been, you know, study after study proving that. You can gain more more weight from these type of beverages. We're talking about juices. After weight loss surgery, especially if you've had uh, something that has some malabsorption in it or where the sugar impacts you like an R&Y, the 
you can have some natural sugars, but even if there's too many or it's too high, it can cause you to have dumping and, and be very high. So get used to just drinking water. I see a lot of people in their pre-diet phase going, you know, pre-liquid diet phase going, oh, I'm on day three, I'm so sick of water, I'm sick of the flavors, and I'm sick of having uh, flavored popsicles. What can I have? Can I get some juice and maybe water it down a little bit? Can I get some uh, lemonade and water it down a little bit? No. No, the, the the absolute answer to that is no, we can't. You need to stick to that water because that's what you need to do after. It's not just for these 12 days. It's for the rest of your life. Right, so now this is a matter of, it's not that you can't do it, it's just you don't want to do it. It's a, it's a mind, it's your mind going, uh, it has to go over top, mind over matter, mind over belly in a sense, mind over taste buds that are craving other things and just say no. You know, we, we've decided to make this big change for our life. Now, I've got to make those changes uh, honestly and openly. And even though I may not like water, I may not like having the flavors all the time, this is what I have to stick to. And then you know what? Eventually, your cravings, your taste buds, everything change. And you get to the point where you're like, I just need some water. And people will offer you other beverages, ones that you used to want. And you'll be like, no thanks, just some water, please. And you'll get in the habit of taking your own maybe water flavoring with you. Some people just uh, get addicted to just the straight water, and that's great. Just water out of the tap or, or purchase water, bottled water. You know, any of those things is uh, fantastic. But you got to give time for everything to change. You can't fight it. You can't have that fight in your head because, you know what, at the end of the day, you control this. You have to control your mind. You have to control your cravings. And I'm with you. We weren't very good at it uh, for a long time. You know, there's a lot of reasons or excuses to why we became obese, and we're taking these, you know, uh, away once we have these surgery, and once we have this surgery, whatever it is, and uh, going forward, we're going to have to make significant changes in your life, and that is the big thing about meeting with the nutritionist and the doctors ahead of time. It's all about what you control. For step two, we talk about what do you indirectly control. And by indirectly control, I'm talking about, you know, if you're at a party, if you go to work, uh, assuming, you know, uh, they, you'll have events, you'll, you'll have, sometimes you, I know I'll go to work and they'll have cakes there and donuts there and, you know, uh, pizza for lunches, meetings and things such as that, that they'll bring in on a fairly regular basis and that stuff's around you and you go, well, I can't control that. Well, you indirectly do. I make sure I always bring myself a nice high protein, uh, vet, raw vegetable at, at time lunch. I like raw vegetables. Not everybody can handle it. I found ones I can handle, but you got to find yourself a lunch. Even though I know they're bringing a pizza and trust me, Lord, I love pizza. Can't have it. You know, I can't have it on a regular basis. I will have it the odd time, but I can't have it on a regular basis. And I want to control that environment. I want my mind and my body to realize when I go to work, I eat healthy, I eat what I bring, and I try not to deviate from that very much. So I control that. If I know I have to go to uh, an event, or if I know I'm going to a graduation, if I know I'm going to a christening, whatever that may be, you know, I make sure I've got some snacks or power bars or food ready that I'm feeling fulfilled before I even go. Uh, to give you an idea, I was at a stag and dough a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago. Uh, stag and dough, buck and dough, a variety of things people call it, but they had a, a, you know, a table there halfway through the night of food and it had hot nachos, it had uh, pizza, it had a little chili, it had all kinds of 
uh, crazy foods and snacks and everything. And, and I'll be honest with you, I ate before I went. I made sure I had high protein and uh, felt fulfilled. And I was able to just stay away from it. I was literally sitting right beside the table. And it doesn't mean I didn't crave it when I watch people, you know, the, lay out the chips and pour some hot cheese and salsa. And uh, there's people putting uh, uh, olives and all kinds of things all over it and making these nice beautiful plates of nachos. I was able to stay away from it all, even though, yeah, I wanted it. Mentally, I'm like, yeah, that would be really nice to have. I know before surgery, I loved having nachos, but now I was able to say, no, you know what? It's not worth it. It's not worth the fight. It's not worth what I went through to get to this point, as well as it's not worth the internal battle or the mental battle I'll have the next day when I'm like, I shouldn't have had that. And then you beat yourself up because we'll all do it when we when we fall off the wagon, so to speak, for a day. And we beat ourselves up and we feel worse about ourselves. And sometimes that just starts the ball rolling into, you know, um, more bad habits and then more beating yourself up. We've been through that. We went through that before surgery or you're going through that before surgery. Uh, you know, you might have gone through it for years where you go, I'm going to do better. And then you fall off and you get upset with yourself and you're not doing yourself any benefits this way so there's a variety of things you need to do but you need to be prepared you indirectly can control those situations because you you need to make sure you go you're not hungry that you're prepared mentally to know that you're going to see a variety of things there that you can't have or that you shouldn't have and you'll be okay with not having it the third step is what is absolutely out of your control and the only thing that we found that i found within here is um, the obesity genes virus, you know, it's become very popular in the news in the last couple of years. If you've done any research on this, you'll find that there's just as many non-obese people that have this virus and these genes as, as there are obese. So what that tells me is, you know, if we're using this as a reason to why we're overweight, oh, I've got bad genes, I've got the virus, they're really just excuses. Because there are a whole whole group of people out there that have these that are not obese, right? They Does it tend to make you maybe crave or want unhealthier foods? Maybe it's sugars, maybe it's a variety of things. Does it make you, um, maybe you have to eat even healthier than, than the average person to keep the weight off? Yeah, there, there's impact there. There is impact, but... The studies tell us that that impact truly is very, very small. Uh, if it was controlling your whole life, then everybody who had it would be obese. There would be no um, people who were who were small or skinny or uh, non-obese, you know, that have this disease or that they have these things that are outside of their control. And that's really the only thing outside your control when it comes to your genetics and the obesity virus. They're outside your control, but. Outside of that, anywhere else, anytime you're attending something, anytime you're going somewhere, um, you definitely your own house, your own cupboards, your own pantry, all these things are within our control. So the best part is just set yourself up for success. You know, fill the fridge with high protein, fibrous foods that are going to fill you up, that are going to make you feel good. You're going to, you know, set up your house that it's in a way that's not only healthy for you, but it's going to be healthy for the others that are in your house. And, you know, having kids myself and things like that, now they know, you know, cookies or treats or whatever, they really are treats. They're not everyday things that are sitting there in the cupboard waiting for them to consume. So you have to own that part of your house. Just own it, right? You can't avoid the conversations. If your kids are used to or your family members are used to having 
you know, necessarily snack food, uh, chips, cookies, whatever, maybe ice cream around the house and complain that you take it away, guess what? Their habits will change too. When, once they realize that stuff's not there, they'll get to a point where they'll stop asking for it. Uh, they'll get to a point where they'll stop craving for it. And in the long run, you're doing them huge benefit. So be sure to, you know, make sure you own that environment and, and don't be afraid to have those hard discussions with your family. And sometimes, you know, they may not like it, but go, hey, you want me to succeed and you want us to succeed. This is what we need to do. We're building a better life for me and we're building a better life for all of us. You know, uh, when you, like I say, when you go out, be prepared. If you need to, bring a protein bar, bring water. Um, just, you know, be careful of protein bars. There's a lot of unhealthy protein bars out on the market, but if there's a particular one that you like that's, you know, low in fat, low in sugar, if no sugar, low in carbohydrates, but high protein, you know, go for it. There are certain Quest bars that I like that I'll take because you get a good amount of protein based on the rest of the ingredients that are in there and percentage-wise, and, you know, it, it can be fulfilling. And with those protein bars, you should be drinking, uh, you know, three, four, five glasses of water with it. And uh, th- those are how you're going to control those environments, the, that environment where you don't control the situation, you don't control the food, and that's okay, but you can still control you. The environment is what it is, but you're still you. So you indirectly control the environment by controlling yourself, right? And, th- and those are the things that you have to focus on. So in summary today, you know, there are things that you directly control, like your house. There are things you indirectly control, such as your environment at uh, work or events or things that you need to go to. And then there are only two things that we can come up with that you don't control and that's the obesity virus that's been in the news and the genetics. And, uh, but we also got to make sure that we don't blame those two things for being obese. They may contribute, but the, the contribution from them is on such a small level that you can't pin things on that. So just realize that uh, going forward, you know, find that support that you need, control your environment, and you're going to set yourself up for success that the rest of your life is going to be a brand new life and better than what you've ever lived before. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to podcast number three. Again, I'm Ken Lane, your host. I enjoy bringing these to you. If there's anything you want to know about, any feedback, um, you know, future shows, we're going to look at focusing on some different ways to get the protein in, uh, healthy versus non-healthy protein bars, um, you know, different protein drinks, uh, a lot of things that will be part of your journey and help you on your journey if there's anything specific specific that you would like to hear uh, you'd like us to discuss you'd like us to look into please feel free to drop me a line go to my website send me an email it's uh contact the web or the email address is contact at wls support for life the number four dot com send us an email we'll have a look at it we'll put it together a show we'll send it to you And you know what? Thank you for listening. And we really appreciate the time and effort that you guys take into uh, listening to this show. And hopefully it's helping you out and helping you build your success for the future. As, As our motto here is, you know, your journey, our support, lifetime success. Thanks.